big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. Welcome to episode number 30 of the Tate with Willie Mason. Actually, it's not called that anymore. It's called the Tate with Willie and Rennie and Ian. That sounds yeah. way better. Exciting news, Ren, you're back. I'm back. I love having you on this show. It's yeah, so much better. better here. It's actually... <laughs> I'm just here. Fuck. What? I'm just saying, he's good. It's Yeah, you've got to watch your job. <laughs> Willie and Rennie sounds all right. No, but you need Ian. <laughs> oh, I know, it's, I know. It's uh, diversity. Yes. Uh, all right, what's going on, boys? How's things? Do you like my haircut, Will? I do love your haircut. No, you don't. Looks all right. Sure. I said, how about Ian's haircut before Ren? you walked in here? <laughs> I awful. said, make a judge for yourself. That's nice. Everyone should judge for themselves. I'll tell you what's wrong with I my don't haircut. Judge. What did you say he looked like? About half an area? Nah, <laughs> you didn't get me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly got me. Uh, hey, it's, it's 2021. It's not 2020. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was walking at the house today and my missus did it and she used the ball shavers again. And I'm walking <laughs> I out think of the house. That's your first mistake. I know. And well, I've, it's, Paul Workman blames his tools, but. I walk out of the house and she goes, I need to tell you, I wasn't going to say anything, but it's a terrible haircut. I said, thank you, just before I go on and stick yeah. my head on. Thanks, Anna. You're the best. Facebook. <laughs> anyway, bettingsite.com.au are, again, our very, very generous sponsors. We love them. We're going to talk betting later. But uh, let's go to the news first. Uh, I guess the f- there's been a bit happening. There's always a bit happening in rugby league. One thing I love about rugby league is that nothing ever is certain until it happens. So Michael Maguire, he was gone. He was gone. They're having a meeting. It was at four o'clock. He's going to get the ass. At four minutes past four, he's in a meeting. And at an hour past that, when he's definitely going to get the ass, all of a sudden he doesn't have a job. He does have a job. And everyone loves Michael Maguire now. Terrific coach. <laughs> so what happened between 3.50, Will, and five o'clock when he's retained his job and they're all shaking hands? I don't know, but I'm happy for Madge and I'm happy for the club because I don't know what way they would have went. I'm not sure if there's a shortage of coaches with the ability to coach first grade or there's a shortage of players of of coaches just sort of laying in the cut, waiting for the perfect job, not really wanting to step up to the West Tigers because they know it's a hard, it's going to be a hard job. You know, you're not going to go into a winning a winning culture or or anything like that. So, you know, if you're an up and coming coach, I didn't I didn't see many. People sort of like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the job. There wasn't many going at him, was there? They reckon Ka- that. Well, they wanted. Apparently, they wanted Cameron Seraldo, and he's come out of the Penrith system, and um, he didn't want to know about it. That's and what yeah. I'm saying. Is there's a difference? Like, if you're a young, if you're a young coach and you're the assistant coach, we always talk about assistant coaches. You lay in the cut. You mm. don't take any accountability for the wins and losses or anything like that. And then, like, when if you decide that you're you're big enough, big enough as a coach, and you can fly the coop, so to speak, and you want to take that job on. I don't see many of them doing it. They no. want they. You, you, what are you going to just wait until Penrith? You know, like Cleary is retired in twenty years, and you're like sixty. It's a tough you know job I mean? to take it's, on. It's a, it's a tough yeah. job, you know. Especially but, for so Cameron Serrato. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Cameron Serrato, he's very respected in the in that mm. world at the moment. He's he's apparently he's a, a defensive guru, and he comes up with all their defensive plans at Penrith, and he's been doing it for for, for a number of years. And they reckon he's you know. He's, he's the next big thing. Like, I want to see him step to the forefront, take take it on. You know, like Jason Riles, like Fitzgibbon just did it. Yeah. You know, but Fitz, he's been paying his dues for a while. I understand that. But if you're in the coaching game, you want to coach first grade, but they're very particular about who, what teams they go with. And then when then when they decide to fly the coop, what team you want to go for. 
You know, and, and you've got to understand, you've got to respect both ways. Do you reckon, Ren, like if you're a young coach, do you just have a crack and say, all right, well, the Tigers are a bit of a basket case, but I wouldn't mind having a go anyway? Uh, probably not in this case. You know, they haven't made the semifinals in 10 years. Um, if you if you want to be a coach and, and, you know, obviously for a long time, taking on something like the Tigers is is a huge task. And there's obviously big problems there. I'm really happy for Madge. I'm, I'm stoked that he's um, given another opportunity. The biggest thing for me is that Madge needs to not necessarily change his coaching style, but he needs to adapt to his roster. It's no secret that they've got a roster that aren't anywhere near the top sort of four, six, maybe even top eight teams. So he really needs to identify what players he has around him you know, what sort of strengths they have as a rugby league player and just implement his coaching style to the roster he has. If he comes in and tries to, you know, keep doing that same mentality of, you know, working, you know, that real defensive attitude, things could go pear-shaped for him uh, very quickly. So he needs to win the – he needs to get his players on board and um, and also they need to come up with a format to try and attract players because that seems to be a massive problem at that club. Going back to the way that we've, we've talked about the culture of West Tigers and everything like that and the way that they used to play, when you go back to the mid-2000s, if you think about how the how Tigers played, it's very flamboyant. Yeah. Very Benji Marshalls, very Robbie Farrar. They had a lot of trick plays around the around the around the ruck. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's their DNA and their culture, the way they play. I mean, obviously there's a, there's an element where you've got to like play that hard nosed football. No, there's, there's, you know, you've got to play analytical football, all this sort of shit in different sections of the field. But if you look at the DNA in the West Tigers, they're very flamboyant. They play a real up-tempo control the ruck sort of football, mm. get to your kick, rely on your defense. You know what I mean? But they weren't that guy. aggressive team. They weren't that. Yeah, I know because Madge is from Melbourne. Yeah. He's cut from that sort of cloth, trying to implement the way that Melbourne play into every fucking team. Yeah doesn't happen all the time you got to understand what is what is West Tigers known for they're known for that sort of flamboyant shit because Robbie Farrell was part of it, Benji Marshall they had that team Scott Prince. They were, Scotty Prince they had those they had those players around that were they could make a big play but they were very skillful around the ruck I remember playing against them all the time in the mid 2000s like fuck you want to kill them but they could they had the Todd Paytons and Hyingtons like veering away from contact and playing fucking smart football on the edge. Mm. It wasn't about trying to take myself and Ogre and Roy and all, all in the middle and Sonny and yourself. No, they're like, we can't beat them here, but we can beat them around the ruck. I mean, around on the edges, ball playing forwards, people doing their role, a classy number nine and six. That's the way the West Tigers so, play. So do you sacrifice some of your defence to become a better attacking side? So if you know that... Uh, the opposition's going to score 20, you're going to try and score 26. Is just, that, yeah, is that, I, I because think Because he doesn't have that He doesn't have that mentality. Players. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the experience, but he does have He's attacking. He needs to adapt. He has, he, that's what I'm saying. I saw it, yeah. well, I picked up off your point. He needs to adapt to the way. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are the West Tigers known for? They want a competition on flamboyant play, like pretty much pushing the envelope around how much a ball player, a forward, a front roll can actually pass. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you had Todd Paint doing little, like, hit-ups and, like, he'd, he'd be passed around the corner, he'd be passing out the back to, you know, to Scotty Prince and then, you know, Benji Marshall, just playing football. They just used to play football. Mm. You know I reckon, I mean? going to that point, Will, talking about when they won the comp, and the coach when they won the comp was Tim Sheens, and they've signed Tim Sheens as director of football or whatever you want to call it. I can't understand, and I reckon this goes to West Tigers being a basket case. They sign a bloke. And then they say, well, he's going to oversee football things. And then they got Maguire signed for two years. And then they talk about giving the bloke that's signed to be the coach and you've brought someone in over the top and they're talking about giving him the ass. 
It's like, give it a year. You know what I mean? Like, you've already decided that what you want to do is bring Tim Sheens in as, a, as an overseer. Give them a year to gel. If it's not working after 12 months, terrific. Arsehole them both. We'll get rid of one of them. So or you're saying they shouldn't bring Sheens in? Or? No, I'm happy in bringing yeah. Sheens in. But I'm saying if you bring Sheens in, you're bringing Sheens in because you think he value adds to Maguire as he stands yeah. now. So rather than bring Sheens in, he hasn't even lobbed. You know, he's, he's probably still in quarantine. Yeah. And then they're talking about sacking a coach. Give that combination that you have signed to do a job 12 months. And then if it's not working, reassess. Yeah. Someone bringing like Sheensy in is someone who's won four premierships. He's, his experience is invaluable. Uh, I had Sheensy at Salford actually, and he was a consultant as well. And he didn't really come in and tread on anyone's toes with the coaching staff. It was just good to have someone around like Sheensy, just his aura. His knowledge his, too, man. Had, he was in the 90s presence. with fucking Green Machine, you know, Tigers, you know, all their success, like North Queensland. Like, he's been around the block. He wants someone in there can oversee a lot of shit like Sheensy, but not overstep. He's ge- he's a genius with trick players as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what they're talking And obviously, you, if you want to break it down uh, a lot more, you're like, oh, yeah, well, they haven't got the Robbie Farrers. Yeah, I get it. You don't have Benji mm. Marshall in his prime. You don't have Scott Prince, but... If you look and you really break down the way that the DNA and the way they used to play, and you think culture of a team, it was like it was that sort of play. They played a lot of football at you. They would they would have a fuck. It wasn't structured. It wasn't hit up, hit up to the left post, and then come back with a hit, and then go back to kick. It was, wasn't structured shit. You didn't know what these dudes were doing. Yeah. Well, the other thing, I guess, and I'd be interested in both of your opinions on this because one of the big criticisms that Michael Maguire seems to be attracting at the moment is that he can't attract players. Right, the players don't want to play for the West Tigers, and I was just—I was coming over here, and obviously, I do a lot of research before the you show. You do huge amounts of research. <laughs> I know that. But five seconds before we came on, I just read a thing where Brandon Smith finally come out and said that he wants to stay with the Melbourne Storm, I and mean, whether that's just pushing. But he said, "Oh, look at the teams that are interested in me. You know, the Tigers and the Titans and dogs, you know, Bulldogs, going, and the, yeah, and the Bulldogs. He goes, oh, they're going good." So straight away, he's just basically said, why well, would you go to those clubs? Well, the cheese is not dumb, is he? He no. knows how to play it off. He, of course he wants to stay at Melbourne. So right. how how much, when you blokes were signing contracts, how much impact did the coach of the side that you were potentially signing with have? We'll start with you, Ren. Yeah, I, look, from experience, I uh, nearly did sign with the Tigers. I met with Sheensy. And unfortunately, the first thing that put me off was their facilities. When I walked through um, Concord, where they were... Um, based out of where Shit they still hard. are. And I know they're going to a, a centre of But it's 2021, uh, remember? 2021. Um, yeah, there was something off about it the, from the minute I walked in. Um, there's That's nothing um, – I'm not going to – like Sheensy and that were great, but just the facilities and seeing the old sort of old-style gym, I just knew that uh, it probably wasn't a place for me, unfortunately. Um, and like I just said previously, they need to come up with some sort of format to attract these players, whether it's get you know getting their families involved to come and you know have a day at the club and you know set them up in an area where they're going to be comfortable. There's more things outside of of rugby league they need to um, to attract these players, big name signings to come into the club. Um, and I can't blame someone like Cheese for not wanting to sign there when you've got so much success and then you losing. It fucking sucks, mm. you know, week in week out. You know, I had that at Parramatta where it just becomes a chore rugby league. So you, you will take a pay cut to win. Did did Wests, were they using the actual Concord Oval facilities? Yeah. Yep. They were, fair dinkum. I yep. got sent off at Concord Oval once and I got lost. <laughs> I, I got sent and I couldn't find the dressing room. I had to go up, going left. And I was going, this low. is the worst place in the world. <laughs> what about you, Will? How many times when you were looking at clubs, I mean, obviously there's a lot of 
things that go into contracts and, and, and making decisions around contracts and there's money, there's all sorts of things. How much did the coach of that club that you were signing with have to do with your signature going on paper? Yeah, big time. That and the whole setup, you know what I mean? Because like coming from the Bulldogs, we had a pretty good setup there. It was very old school, but it was like what I wanted, you know what I mean? And um, it's what it was a lot of culture in that. It was a lot of history in the club, and I, you know, they, you really bought into that kind of stuff. So anything that fell short of that, you'd sort of question, you know. Like the Tigers were after me at some stages, like Penrith and North Queen, like few te- few teams. But I never, you'd go, nah, nah, not going to Penrith, not going to Canberra, not going here, simply because it was just too far away. Yeah, do you know what I mean? As soon as I fuck that, I'm not playing for Penrith, I'm not playing for Canberra. Whereas around Sydney, you know, you know, the Roosters are always around because I always lived in the eastern suburbs mm. and I always got along with the players and I got along with Freddie. Do you know what I mean? It was it was actually a good fit when I went there. Had some had some ex players that I knew, so the transition from where I was to there wasn't hard. I already knew about five or six players. Ogre was there, Nate Miles, Brayton Asta, all that sort of shit. But you do look at the coach big time because you got to understand what sort of system that he has in place. So like if you're a halfback, it would be more so. And a hooker. Does he want a hooker to run? Does he want, you know, does Des, pretty much Des wants hookers just to pass the ball, doesn't he? Mm. You know what I mean? You don't want a Cameron Smith. You don't want to, you never wanted a Robbie Farrow in that because it fucks up his structure. Yeah. You know, where do I sit? You know, do, do I play on the left edge, right edge? Do I play in the middle? Where do you want your front rolls to sit? All this sort of shit. There's a lot of variables that go into it. And if he's a structure sort of person, say right now, if I can play left and right, and he goes, I want you to predominantly play left left back row. If I'm a David Fafita, I would have been arcs. And this for Holbrook, can I play both sides of the ruck? Can I play in this and that? Like, you need to understand all the variables that come in there. Otherwise, you'd be sitting on the left edge your whole fucking career. Yeah. And you don't really grow as a footballer because all you do is see that little bit of grass on that one side and you never go to the other side of the field. You don't you don't develop a right foot. You don't do all this sort of shit where you just want to be developed as a coach, get questioned all the time, and just be grown as a person. And you want that per- And you want that coach to make you a better person and a player by the end of it. It's interesting too because there's been a bit of crossover between rugby union and rugby league lately. So Steve Hansen, the ex All Blacks coach, he's been doing some stuff with the Bulldogs, yeah. and and Michael Checker, who's the ex Wallabies coach, he's he's in charge of Lemonon for the World Cup that didn't happen. There's been some suggestion, and I think this could be the producer again, just trying to throw AFL into the show because he's got massive problems. <laughs> but Alastair Clarkson, Paul who, Kent actually said it, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he said it. I don't know what you show, but apparently he said Look, it. honestly, I, I can understand why you would want that. Top coaches talk to each other. They go over and they talk to coaches in different things. What's an AFL black going to do? They're talking about Alistair Clarkson coming in to fix the mess. So I get that he understands success and he understands structures, but I mean, what's he going to do? I don't know. I think he brings in a different, a different perception you know what I mean a different like he'll have a different look on what a club should look like the West Tigers might think this is how you run a club all the all these old dinosaurs sitting on boards and CEOs and all that sort of shit the coaches you know coaching staff that all could be wrong because mm. we don't know what's wrong we're sitting here going what the fuck it looks like a basket case everyone just say everyone just keeps saying that so if I'm the West Tigers I want to know what's going on what mm. the fuck is wrong with this place get someone source someone from from a whole different code looks at things just diplomatically yeah. and just looks at things how it is and what you can build on. I don't think is I don't think there's anything wrong with this because obviously what they're doing right now for the last 10 or 11 years is wrong. I reckon they should find whoever's won the last 12 badminton world championships, bring their coach in, 
So yeah, but, here you go. West but, a lot of co- but a lot of coaches try and outsource a lot of things. A lot of NRL clubs go on to NFL teams, you know, like and they go on to Manchester, you know, they go to all the best places. So they try and get what is happening, you know what I mean? And it's not just the coaching and the players. It's how the club is run. Mm. Alistair Clarkson has pretty much been a head coach of, of Hawthorne and changed that whole culture of the club and has been the most successful club, probably Hawthorne and Melbourne. Melbourne Storm, you know what uh, I mean? They're, they're, they're just, they, they've changed the game. Yeah. So you've got to look at it like that, go, what can we bring in? Someone that is not from a rugby league background, I'll be like, fucking please come in and fix your shit. If you want to develop and grow, you're going to look elsewhere to keep the club thriving. If you're just stuck in one sort of mould, then you're going to get the same results. So. That's why you won't grow, Ian. <laughs> wouldn't yeah. they? Be, wouldn't they? Hawthorne are no good now, are they? They wouldn't oh, they be getting? Listen to this. Wouldn't fuck. they be get better off getting a bloke who can win a few games? <laughs> hey, was, Melbourne when did Hawthorne, when did Hawthorne last win the comp? Two years ago. Yeah, same shit. Yeah. Two thousand and fourteen. But I think it's a good idea, don't you reckon, Bernard? The sacked coach still won his last five. Yeah, there you go. So he sacked. You no don't good. like it? I don't like. Look, I do you, like. Do you but what's what's what is their other options? Just think about it, seriously. Like, I, I'm honestly, I'm happy with blokes being brought in or women, whoever being. Yeah. Let's not be gender specific, but like I'm happy with coaches from outside being brought in as a consultant role. My understanding is they're talking about him being brought in as some sort of head coach. Now, no, 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 no. How, no, no you don't no. understand the game. How are you gonna like? If I'm there, I, I remember years ago when I was a kid, um, Alan Jones, the the broadcaster. Yeah. He, he was brought in and he, he coached... He was, of, he was a Wallaby, huge fan of the show, Alan. And he coached the Wallabies to a Grand Slam, which still has not been achieved since. And then he came into Rugby League and he coached at Balmain and he coached at South. And now he had Tricky Trindle. What do you expect him to do? <laughs> he brought over Brian Smith too. And look, I think you can look at man managers and you can look at... You know, Wayne Bennett's a classic example. He's got under coaches and things like that. But I just don't think that someone from outside of a sport can come in and have any material impact on it. Depends what role they give him. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's going to be a specific coaching role because what's he going to coach you? Yeah. But he might be able to coach. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to bring him into. And I'm not even sure if he's even going to look at this and go, fuck West Tigers. That's probably what he's going to do. But it's a good talking point, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we've talked about it. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough talking about AFL. It's banned now. It's on the ban list. Don't ever put me on AFL again. Uh, so one thing that the Storm has done, and I think the Storm, you know, we can talk about the Storm even though they're from Melbourne, but they have decided that next year they will be giving all of their Victorian-based fans a free membership for 2022. And I think this is another example of the Melbourne Storm being a light years ahead of other clubs in terms of the way they see the game, in terms of the way they see the business side of it. I think this is fantastic. And I think if you look at why the Storm are winning comps, they got a strong back end, they got a good coach, and that sort of stability leads to success. Yeah, I agree. I think what they've done here is you set the precedent here and then set the standard. Because what the, the fans have gone through, AFL and Rugby Union and Rugby League, NRL. Like, mm. If you don't, put your membership for free next year, you'll be frowned upon. Yeah. And if you do, you're just like, oh, you're just copying the storm. So it's just like, I don't know. I, th- I think it's outstanding what the Melbourne Storm is. It epitomizes what they're about, isn't it? They lead the way in every single aspect of sport. Like, what? there's no reason for them to do, to do this, but no. they look and ha- understand what their supporter base has done for the last two years, not seeing many home games at, um, at Amy Park and just being through this whole shit like a lot of other clubs have been through as well. But if you're Richmond and Carlton with 100,000 
members or you've got 20,000 members, I think it's mm. a bit different. Mm. You're looking at a different scale. Have a look at the amount of money that Melbourne Storm are bringing in just by making the finals every year for the last 10 or 15 years. Or you look at the West Tigers in the last 10 years and you've probably got 15,000. That's, that's when it starts to hit you different. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're not bringing in all this sort of money. I think it's great. Melbourne Storm should be doing how, this how sort of stuff. How much money would they be losing by giving him out for free. Well, I don't, you're looking I don't at think, not I, losing money. But you just, know say, just I mean. say it's $100 per person. It's yeah. like 23,000 or 25,000 members. What's yeah. that? Two and a half mil. Two and a half mil. Two and a half yeah. mil. Yeah. And then I think with the grant, maybe, maybe they've got some sort of tax uh, subsidy or some shit from the government. Are they privately owned, the no. storm? No. Yeah, News they, Corp? well, News Corp. News Corp. Yeah. yeah, right. But, actually, do you, you know, know what? Sorry, I, think, sorry. I think they're actually getting, I think the NRL clubs are actually giving them seven million yeah seven million so so it doesn't I mean, really look that bad they're probably does it? still five million in oh, front it's a long-term investment yeah, but you're just getting more victorian fans to to and sign up with a storm and, mm. and it's very membership driven in victoria and massively south australia and with with afl but i hope um some fans like nrl fans don't turn on their clubs going why are you doing what melbourne's doing understand if you're a tigers member if you're a bulldogs member if you're, you've been sitting at the bottom of the barrel for the last 10 years you know what I mean? Like you don't some probably clubs, have the money. Some clubs clubs can't afford to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some clubs can't yeah. do it. They're, they're, they're all they're all in the red. So and if and if you're an AFL, um, if you're an AFL, I think that seven million might be across all of the clubs actually. But still, they're still in front. And but, if you're an AFL supporter, do turn on your club because said, they're robbers, so bank so, robbers. So sorry, like even with like with Melbourne doing what they're doing, the amount of money that they're bringing in for the, for making grand final runs deep into the into the um to the end of the year mm. compared to a team that hasn't been there like you've been there just say like, two times in 10 years mm. like it's just big you know yeah. and they probably can afford to probably do this yeah and they're in a different predicament just, where melbourne are down there like, a lot of sydney teams aren't in that aren't, haven't been put through that what melbourne's been put through mm. i think melbourne's i think they've done an outstanding thing but just i just don't want fans to turn off their clubs if they don't do the same yeah. shit you yeah. know like melbourne are melbourne melbourne are melbourne yeah that's facts that's can't, yeah. indisputable. Fact. No, no, no. no they are. I looked at them play, and they were. Google they were it. Definitely is Melbourne, Melbourne. <laughs> It'll come up. Yes, Willie's number right. one. Willie's right. Let's talk about the Dally M. And I know you two blokes loved going to the Dally M. What a fantastic <laughs> night of enjoyment oh, that man. was. Hey, yeah. oh, it's awful. Stuff. What an awful night. Well, they've brushed it this year. Good. So I, I don't like this. I, I don't like the fact that what they've done. Sorry, it's only good. If you've had a gun year and you didn't make the semis, because you can get on the piss. But if you make the deep run into the semi or in the yeah. prelim, it's fucked because you can't have a beer. Pain pain the ass that's the only. Yeah. That's yeah. the only. Uh, it's the only thing I had against the Delhi M's. So it was. It, is it always on the Monday before the grand final? Is that when yeah, they have it? You should I'm have it on sure. a Friday. There'd be way more headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're looking for headlines. No, I'm just taking when they play, when we'll play. Please have it on a Thursday or Friday. Far out. Nothing's on on Monday. Actually, scuba. Straight to Scuba on a Monday. Oh, how good was Scuba? Off George Street, down from Town Hall, walk straight to Scuba. Oh, Scuba. Was oh, the memories. Uh, they're actually having it. I thought they weren't having it, but they're having it. So I don't understand that. This makes it even more bizarre why they wouldn't. Maybe what they've done is they've listened to people say that the Dally M's is the most boring night in the history of the world. Let's make it over two. Let's drag it through two nights. No, well, I think that – did they have to actually go there on Monday? No. I think this time they've just got to sit there and they've just got five people and they're just going to count down out of those five. I mean, they, just, they might just announce it. Because they Cause announced when, the five, didn't they? Who was it? Um, you got Jerry Evans, Cleary, Tedesco, Trebojevic and Cody Walker, which is probably a fair representation of, of how the year's gone. I thought Payne Haas would have been there. Yeah, he missed a bit, didn't he? No, not one game. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check that shit. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's. Who's going to win the Dally M then? 
It has to be Turbo, surely. Yeah. Especially the runner. He went on, well. What did he play? 15 games? 15 games, yeah. Times three, it's 30 points. He would have got three points nearly every, every time he game. played. Maybe Cherry would have stole three probably once or twice. But I don't think I don't think anyone's going to take it off. Everyone's saying Cody Walker. But people don't yeah, understand. Cody's, he'll be up Cody's there. there, but everyone don't don't understand if, how these work. Just say if you're in a if you're in a decent team and you're the best player, yeah, like JT and Joey, they were in they were in decent teams, but they were the they were far just a standout player. So if you're in a superstar team like like South Sydney, this is the only reason why against it goes against Cody Walker because you win a game, you got Latrell to pick from, you got Damian Cook, you got Reynolds, you got to share those points yeah. around. Yeah. And Cody Walker's not going to be the you know undisputable three. After every single game, mm. it never it doesn't happen. No. You you understand when Mel, when Manly win, who plays good? Turbo, Turbo, or Cherry. That's yeah. it. So yeah. it's either three or two, and then the other one might be fucking Jake Chaboyevich. Mm. You know what I mean? So every time they play, he's going to get three points. So you can guarantee that every every game he's played, he's got three or two. Mm. And those fucking game, he scored five triples. You know what I mean? Like he's it's ridiculous. Like he's had a, he's had a year. If they take this off him, it would be the stupidest thing in the world. Well, the rookie of the year was Reese Walsh. So, congratulations to Reese. Reese Walsh. Uh, the thing that I find funny as well. So, Justin Olam, who, I mean, he is just an absolute standout. Mm. He got omitted, and now they're saying due to administrative oversight, he's been. Do you reckon they've just seen like all the players go? Um, Justin Olam. Yeah, there's. They were about to be marching on the streets. What a load of shit that he's not picking him. From How the start. Did, yeah. Who was who 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 got brushed? Or is it they the just same, added six yeah. in Is it now? the same format? So it goes off the centers of accumulated amount of points throughout the, the season. Yeah, so, and and Olam's in the same position exactly like what you were talking about with um is this with the Dalliums. How they the how they work? Yeah. You know, you're not going to look at Olam if they, if Melbourne Storm play unbelievable. You're not looking at Justin Olam as no. as your three two one. No. You're not. You're looking at Munster. You're looking at Brandon Smith, and you're probably looking at Jerome yeah. Hughes all the time. Yeah. You'd never look at Olam. He probably would have got five Dally M points this mm. year. Yeah. Doesn't mean doesn't go off the eyeball it's test that you know. Test. That's yeah. where they don't go on the eyeball test. Go. He's one of the best fucking centers in the game. He has to be there. Doesn't mm. go off your points. No. Like it's bullshit. The Dally M should go off your points. But that's just the way it is. If you get enough points, you're obviously yeah. the best player. It doesn't matter what position you're in. But no, not the centres, not the specialist positions, not no. the front row, all that sort of no. stuff. It's fucking, you got to go and you got to watch your football and understand. Who, who picks, oh, well, who is on the panel for the Daily M's? Do they brush the players? Oh, former players? No, it's all still for. I think the points are all former players. I don't know. As I oh, said, well, they had journalists before, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I think if you, if you look at, the fact and, and you've got all these positions, so you've got front row, hooker, you've got there there'd be blokes that are in the top five in a position that have never got a Dally M point. Surely. Yeah. Well Olam's probably yeah. as I said, Olam will probably end up probably if you look at his whole his point tally, it's probably five points he yeah. probably got. Doesn't mean he's not the best centre in the game. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't shouldn't go off that. I'm not sure how it does. Because it's bullshit. Either. Yeah. Well, Ryan Pappenhausen's been listed for fullback and he played four games or something. So. Yeah, because when he was on fire at the start of the year, he would have got about fucking 12 points. Yeah. So mm. therefore, puts him straight in there. Who's going to get prop of the year? Who's that? Oh, Payne Haas. Payne he's Haas. Gonna, he's going to come over a lot. You know, well, that leads us to, Will. What is it? Ooh. Big boys. Willie's big boy. All right, guys. Uh, the big boys for this week. It was it was pretty it was pretty hard to pick because the big boys didn't actually have enormous games. 
Um, if you look, who played in the finals here? You got uh, the Roosters and Manly. No, there was no in particular standout in both those games. So that big dude just like carved up. You know mm. what I mean? Like the middles for for Manly, I think their two starting props played under 40 minutes. And if you look at the, I mean, I can't pick from Ro- the Roosters because they're in a losing team. But, you know, Manly's your Alloway and they, they started um, the other young kid in front of, in front of Marty Tapao. Yeah, they had, they, had, they had come up with fuck all numbers where I could look at it and go, yeah, you really dominated the game. Um, and then I look at the other game. This is where all, all the guys come from, which was the Parramatta and Penrith game because you had you had big Campbell Gillard, you had Junior Paulo, you had uh, Nathan Brown, Isaiah Yo, Fisher Harris, Leota. Big enough. Fucking, mm. And that was a brutal game. If, you go, if you've watched your football over the weekend, people, that was brutal. That was a semifinal. That was a preliminary played in the semifinal. It was enormous. I think, you know, kudos to all the players that went out there on that game because he's actually absolutely killed it. And all the big boys played some big minutes. Junior Paulo, Campbell Gillard, Isaiah Yo, they're in my top three. One point goes to Campbell Gillard. Two points, Isaiah Yo, three points to Junior Paulo. Because Junior Paulo's minutes and what he's been doing the last two or three weeks. If you understand how the middle middlemen play and how big this guy is and what he's been doing with and without the ball and the minutes that he's been playing, same as Isaiah Yo, RCG coming back from five or six weeks on the bench. I mean, not on the bench, injured, coming back hamstring or calf, soft tissues. They suck as a big boy. You're coming out in the middle. You're worried about you know generating power, tearing a calf and hamstring, all that sort of shit. Isaiah Yo just doesn't stop. He's a fucking animal. Does not stop. 80 minutes every single game at least 25 touches. Like, just because you look at the stats sheet and goes, 15 hit-ups, 100 and something. He's touching the ball over 25 times because he's getting the other guys in the right position. He's that connect guy who he gets the ball first as a lead runner, like just say, Fisher Harris outside him, hits hits Cleary for those long shifts. He's always that connect dude. Same as like the Jake Chaboyevich and Victor Radley's, all those sort of blokes. So they're my big guys, big boys for the week. Outstanding effort, guys. Junior Paulo, I can't say enough about that kid. I don't think... I don't think people realise what he's doing. Well, the leaderboard as it stands, and for those of you, again, who have not listened to the show before, the winner of this gets uh, a year's supply worth of Young Henry's, which is a fantastic drink. Also, for for those who are watching, uh, the take the take-20 gets you 20% off all... Your young Henrys, go to younghenrys.com.au, get on the website, do that. They're going fast because we're extremely popular. So, and also Bondi Tony's is going to be providing burgers and beers burgers. for the nutritionists. They will love that, especially in the off season. Yeah, because so, Junior Paulo doesn't blow out at all. Not even close. <laughs> so Payne Haas and Junior Paulo are in front on twenty-one yeah. votes. They are done for the year. Yeah. James Fisher-Harris is on 17 votes. He's four votes behind. He would need to get three points and, and then Penrith win. Get Jagger point. And then go to the grand final and have a blinder and he can win. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a tie. I don't know what that means. Half a burger each every week. Half but it. Half goes to Brisbane, half goes to Penrith. But... Uh, Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast, Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows.
Good on your belly. Fantastic stuff. Fuck, what was he talking about? Lots of good things. Lots of good things. Thanks to bettingsite.com.au. Here we go with our most unsuccessful segment of the year. <laughs> it is when every week we go in with great amounts of hope and come away with a massive donut. So, again, we lost. Thanks again to Penrith for ruining my bet. Harry, how are you, mate? Guys, how are we going? It's prelim final week. I'm pumped up. Are you pumped up? Because you're a bit negative, I'm Nancy, last up. week. <laughs> you weren't exactly no, positive. Up. Okay, that's good because the only thing that you were negative about last week on my bet got up and the only thing that you were positive about lost. So please lift that energy level, Harry. You've got to get us home. I'm fighting hard. Let's right. go. Let's move in. I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I'm a genius. Uh, so I have taken the Wallabies to cover the start and New Zealand to cover the start in the Union. I've gone the Storm head-to-head. I don't know why I did that. That was, that was awful. But uh, And then I've gone Rabbitohs to cover the line of one and a half. What have we got, Harry? Man, sports bet are going to give you $8.99. And honestly... That's massive overs, I reckon. Thank you. For this bet. There we go. He's I wasn't a fan of your bet last week, but I'm all over this. This is – look, if this doesn't get up, I'll walk backwards to Burke. Fair income. This is just <laughs> lock of the week, this. Will you be nude walking backwards to Burke? I reckon he's lying. Your bets are no, no, the clothes will be on. Clothes, clothes will be the on. The clothes are staying on. All right. Well, let's go from the highlight of the betting to what is undoubtedly the low light, William. What Mine, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sam Darnold, just throw two touchdowns and Carolina Panthers to win. If you know your NFL, I'm probably right. Uh, <laughs> Manny Seagulls head-to-head, just a win. And Storm with the on the line. That's pretty simple. Look, I, actually, I don't mind this. Carolina has been a bit of a surprise packet in the opening fortnight yeah, in the NFL. Good. Sam Darnold, much improved player now that he's gone away from the Jets. Manly's a bit... A bit on the fence. Uh, what what are we thinking? South's lose four prelims in a row. Yeah. Uh, do they choke again? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. That was good. I like how you've tipped yeah, against I yourself I didn't, I again. Just t- yeah. Re- regard, regardless, you're still getting a price of $8.09 at Ladbrokes. It's not bad value. Manly is – yeah, that's the only iffy part there for me. But when you got Tom Trebojevic – yeah, You're looked, a puncher's chance. He looked on so. last week, didn't he? It's like you've got two Absolutely. voices in your head. You've got like a tipping voice and then you've got like a, a punting <laughs> voice as mm. well. Just two voices in your own head. That's Not sure. <laughs> All right, the producer, he's gone to the AFL. It's the AFL grand final this week ah. where the Dandenong Rangers are playing against the Western Sydney Sharks, which will be a great game. And he has gone the Western <laughs> Bulldogs with Bailey Smith, Anytime goal scorer, that is. And Adam Trelaw, anytime goal scorer. And Bailey Smith to win the Norm Smith medal. Oh, that's controversial. They wouldn't allow it. Not the Norm Smith, they wouldn't put it in the multi. Oh, there you go. All right. Okay, so (laughs) producer, you're going to have to fill me in here because from what I'm looking at. Yeah, they they wouldn't let Bailey Smith, they wouldn't let it in the multi to win the Norm Smith. He must be short, huh? Yeah. About as short as look, I was look, in the 2004 grand final. Well, it's his son. <laughs> so you can't have Norm Smith voting on Bailey Smith, his son, in that. That's <laughs> Really? I don't fucking know. 
can't have that. Family. Unfortunately, look, I think you can. I think for the producer, if he does want to put it in a separate bet for Bailey Smith to win the Norm Smith medal, you're getting about $15 for him, and he's been one of the more popular picks from what I understand about the Sharon. Uh, but the Western Bulldogs, Bailey Smith, anytime goal scorer, Adam Trelaw to kick a goal, $7.38 at Ladbrokes. Not too shabby, but, you know, that the Norm Smith medal is where the money's at, producer. So, all right, well, let's go do that. We're going Norm's, we're getting $15 on the Norm Smith medal because it's great. Can't even put a bet on. Probably. What is wrong with you? Honestly, what do you add nothing to this show? <laughs> Harry, oh, you've got a big ear. Go on, tell us what you've got. Right. Okay. So, I've gone Rabbitohs to get the win with um, Alex Johnson and Tom Trebovic to score tries at any time. Then I've taken the Storm with the five-and-a-half-point start, Josh Shadow, Carr and Ryan Pappenhausen to score at any time. Sports bet are going to give me an even $18 for those two same multis combined. Big bet. So, I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's a good bet. That's actually need really one of these to come off, eh? Fuck. Not that, we like that one to come off. The producers won't. So we've got four out of the five. Now, my new hero in terms of punting is the Renoir. Well, third time lucky. No, no this is the one this is the one we want to come off. Jeez. Third time lucky. This is the one we want to get. I've got Rabbitohs to win with Alex Johnson to score any time and Jason Saab to score any time. And I'm sticking with me Penny Panthers to win with Josh Addo Carr to score any time. Third time lucky. I've got to win wow, something. That could happen. Well, we're 30 time lucky and we've won. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> look, look, Ned's are going to give her any $51.23 for this combination. So, so Ned's are right, by the sounds of this, Ned's are right out on the Panthers. They they aren't giving him much of a hope because that is where the value is yeah. has really been this multi. But it's a two horse race in a big mm, game. So Anything can happen. Absolutely. Anything can happen. So, all right, well, if they all get up, then we'll, we'll double our money in one bet in one week pretty much. So um, there you go. I'm confident about everyone but the producers. <laughs> I'm never confident with that bloke. Hang on, if we can, look, if we can get 15, look, if we can get the producers bet at $15, Rennie's little bet gets up. We're flying. It's party flying. time. It's so party just, time. Just a reminder to everyone who's watching, get your entries in. I know they're flooding in now. Um I don't know. I just said that. But they were presuming they're flooding they in. Be. And so we're going to be out there. <laughs> the three of us, Willie, after he has a COVID test, is going to be at uh, – we're going to be handing out all of these winnings plus a heap of other stuff um, to the lucky club who wins. Thank you to bettingsite.com.au. Get your entries in soon. Harry, I hope we are – you've been much more positive this week, mate. Congratulations to you too. Look, it's – look. We're at the business end. Business end. We're at the business end. Yeah. All right, We're mate. Win. Well, we'll see you All next right. week for see another next week. synopsis. Hey, Harry. See you, Harry. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, yes, of course. I was hoping Ren was yeah. going to oh, say. Can you say, Ren? Celebrity. Gamble responsibly. Very well. Yeah, I like it. All right. So there are two games, the preliminary finals – it's been so wildly successful with us giving you each a team to talk about. So we're going to do the same thing again. The first game of the weekend is on the Friday night, which is the South Sydney Rabbitohs up against the Manly Seagulls. 
Six dollars fifty, Manlia. Jesus. No, that's to win the oh, comp. Right. That's Whatever. to win the comp. We're not I knew that. Last, are we talking about last week? Or are we going straight into so, last week? Let's have a quick recap of last week because Ren asked to, and I love Ren. <laughs> so, to talk about Bernard. Yeah, there is, and so well, let's let's talk about the bigger game of the two, or the better game of the two, I reckon, mm. which was the Parramatta Penrith game. That was just a cracking game of Outstanding footy. Outstanding game. Outstanding game. I mean, the, it, I haven't seen a semi-final like that for years. And just the intensity they played at. I mean, I didn't expect Parramatta. You spoke about it last week, the Parramatta forwards, and just they really stood up to Penrith. And it was just line speed, collision. Uh, it was the whole game. You know, it was, it was brutal. And there was no doubt there's a lot of players that were very sore after that game. Um, you know, there was definitely some controversy in that game. Um, obviously, you know, the trainer uh, calling stoppage to the game uh, while Kenny went down. I thought that was poor, obviously. But in, in I've heard throughout the week people say, oh, they coach for that. They don't coach for that. If I'm the orange shirt, right, you, you've got a knowledge of rugby league. The game's in the fucking balance. I'm calling stoppage, stoppage to that, that referee and copying it. I would have copped a $100,000 fine. I'd rob a bank to pay that fine. <laughs> If it means you're going to be in a prelim, you call stoppage to that play. Mm. And it sucks. And it's not the trainer. It's, I don't blame the trainer. I blame the game. You know, it's, 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 a very, it's a very fine line when we talk about this subject with player welfare, though. You know, the, there hasn't been that many cases throughout the years where you've, you know, a player's been gen, genuinely fucking hurt and, you know, potentially um, dying on the field. Now, this is a very sensitive subject, but, you know, Alex McKinnon's one example, obviously, you know, uh, unfortunately breaking his neck. So if a player is in danger of other players falling on him, then it, you stop the play. But when the bloke's 30 metres behind, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a question you need to ask and you, you understand completely why Parramatta are blowing up. Well, he got an HIA too. They got a, they got, he, 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 he literally... Walking off with a limp, holding his ankle, and they've HIA'd him, and they've got a free interchange. I can understand why Parramatta are blowing up, but I mean, they got a twenty-five thousand dollars fine, which will definitely, oh. I'll never do it again after that. Ooh, twenty-five oh. grand, it's unbelievable. It sucks, you know. We're talking about the game, how great it was to see. That was a brutal fucking game. You expect that in a prelim or a grand final? You know what mm. I mean? Just that hit, the hits from the first set to the last set was brutal. The, these, the big boys in the middle, the centre, everything. from They were just absolutely walloping themselves, man. That was a brutal game. A couple of mistakes from Parramatta in crucial times. Um, but it sucks that we're talking about this. Because mm. I just want to say, yeah, Penrith, Penrith won. Fair and square. But they didn't. Because you take that uh, the penalty out. 68th minute. You know, it's 12 minutes ago. That game would have ended. If, if they got that penalty, when Moses got that penalty... That is eight all. You go to you go to golden point. That should have been a golden point game. In mm. in in the defence of the game, when it happened live, I didn't know Moses got taken off the ball. The discrepancy right. is, Ren, is the amount of shit that they have a look up in the bunker and they pick and choose what they want to look at. They look at that Liam Martin hit and they look at the uh, off the ball to Fisher Harrison uh, near Cora. You know what I mean? Like you look at that a hundred different times, but like you don't look at that one crucial moment in the game. Well, that. In the game's defence there, again, is that the ball was still in motion. So there wasn't an opportunity to stop the game, look back. You can fucking stop it, but you can. Well, yeah, but they didn't know what happened. 
If there was a stoppage in the play, they would have looked but it's back. But that's why the bunker's there, to look at the fucking game like we look at yeah. it and go, he's getting pulled off the ball. He got pulled off the ball, stopped the game, straight into the ref's ear, stop it, there's a penalty there. Mm. Your ref has that power. Yeah. That's where Parramatta's coming from and going, what the fuck, why didn't you pull that back? That's where it is. No you doubt. have the power. In this guy's ear, there's a penalty where the ball lands. Moses got taken out of the play. It yeah. was black and white because they've been penalising that shit all year. And you've been, they've been consistent with it, and you can go back to the bunker and all that kind of shit. The only thing you can't go back on a bunker is if it's a forward pass. Mm. Anything else is free game. So I understand from Parramatta's view, you're like, damn, we just we didn't get a we didn't get that fair crack at a golden point game. Yeah, that's the only thing. Right. Everything else you can sort of deal with. Even you know? even in a high pressure moment, that penalty that Cleary kicked just before half time, if that's Five minutes to go in front of the posters. Even that's what I'm saying, that Red. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Be yeah. consistent. Be all consistent. I ask, I ask the refs in the bunker to be consistent all the time, and they're fucking not. And again, the Neocora one. So Fisher Harris went down. He got injured, and it wasn't until they replayed it three or four times yep. he saw that Neocora hit him off the ball. But yep. what's he meant to do? He looks like a genuine, genuine threat of getting the ball. You got a big boy. You got. There's going to be some sort of collision again. That's when the like Penrith that's, get the ball back. That's when like you look at the bunker and like who the fuck is in the bunker? Have you never played a game before? Mm. That's what you know what I mean. Like you, you, he has to hold his ground. Nikoi has to hold his ground because these players are that good. They can hold it up. He can change his line right in that split second. Get the ball. You've already checked. You've already released, and then he gets the ball. You got to hold your ground in the middle where the big boys are running at you like that. You got to do that. And he didn't even hit him hard. He stood his ground. Fisher Harris played the part. He played the part. Of course you do. Because you get taught that these mm. days. But going into the where, where he was down, that kid, who's to say? The only re- the, going into just what I'm saying in this, but the only reason was because I think the two points should have been, it should have been golden point. Everyone's saying, you know, when the guy got injured and they should have stopped play, who's to say pa- Parra would have rolled up the other end and scored? Yeah. It was a momentum switch, I get yeah. it. But that other one, the 68th minute, when they didn't call that, that's just on the ref and the bunker. Yeah. Like, not, yeah, 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 that's all that that all that all that other shit, yeah. mate. As I was saying, as you said before, the coaches and the game and the Penrith um, owners and who, who whoever run the club, you think they care about twenty five? They will happily pay that fine. Yeah, and yeah. we're under the prim- preliminary. Fucking see you later. And you know that shit gets talked about within coaches meetings and shit like that. If you see anything, you run on and stop the game. Don't think for a second, people at home, that these fucking conversations aren't being had. Oh, of you course. idiots, don't think that. You think that you think that. He's just going to go out and empower himself. Go stop the fucking game. Yeah, he has because he's been empowered by the dude upstairs. Well, not come on, man. Not necessarily. I mean, the guy in the orange shirt. He's got a rugby league background. No, he's he's he wouldn't. He, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't need to get a call from Ivan in that situation. He's down on the ground. He he can see the game. What how, the momentum of it. He would have just went. I'm, you know, I'm going to call this. But game don't think for a minute before games and stuff like of these course. that these conversations have been had. 100%. You see the game. You see momentum. You see anything. You stop the game if you can. Mm. We'll take care of the rest. He gets to sit out and watch the fucking game at home. Boo-hoo. Penrith go on, Para come back. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a big deal. Like, I don't want to make a big deal of it, but it's a fucking big deal. Yeah. You cost Parramatta their season. All because you couldn't make a call, mm-hmm. Bunker. It didn't all and go. What, and what, sorry, what happens to the Bunker? They, oh, you're, you're suspended this week. Yeah. Like, who cares? Who gives a shit? They're like, going to fucking play in sack them or some shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be bigger repercussions. You do that shit in the NFL or anything like that, you fuck up monumentally like that. You nearly get sacked. That's 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 to, the to, game as right a deterrent, there. I'd rip up his license. Yeah, for sure. And do you so know what I mean? Can't, you can't be orange shirt 
for a year or two years. You need to throw out big suspensions for these things to stop because player welfare is a big thing. Okay. 100%. I'm more, I'm more talking of about course. the bunker. How like, are you going to find someone else to go in the bunker? They're probably not knocking the door down doing the, trying to do the job. They're just finding blokes. I'm just going. saying, I'm more I'm more saying with, with the with the penalty, the Moses yeah. thing. They have Whoever's in that bunker, what's their repercussions? There's yeah. nothing. You fucked up a whole season. These guys work their asses yeah. off for to get in that prelim to have a shot at a grand final and then your one fucking shit moment has cost a whole uh, this whole team. Yeah, would, I understand the repercussions a, of that. Would yeah. you want a job where you sit in a bar, like you sit in the bunker? You get paid. And you Why make, do it? And you get paid, and then everyone hates you. They Who probably cares? can't find depends people how much to do it. Pay me. Yeah. Depends. Depends but on the zeros at the end. No, Ren, I'll sit in that in thing for a fucking hundred grand. Put me in the bunker. Ren's in the bunker. We do the bunker from here every weekend. It's the easiest fucking job in the world. You know, I, Penrith were hard done by in certain areas of the game. I thought Jerome Luai's try was a try, and if you had someone who understands, you know the game or the structure of the game, um, for the listeners, it was um, Matt Burton hit on the inside shoulder of Panasini. Yep. Uh, Moses obviously clipped. Burton hit uh, Moses. But Jerome Luai created that two on two. on uh, two Yeah. And scored on. So if you hit on the outside of, of Matt um, Panasini's shoulder, then it's a penalty yep. every day. He ran the correct line. Yep. And then Moses just seems to like put himself near him. It's smart from and him. It's smart from Moses because they've been taught, they get taught that. Like, but the line that he ran, Burton ran, was perfect. It was a good line. It was a bad read. He got sucked in. And then it was a great play from Luai to put the winger away. Yeah. Try time. No, he scored. In Luai, it. But this yeah. is where I don't yeah. understand. Like, they're, they're calling these plays back when that's a bad defensive read in my book. When's, when is the advantage going to be to the people that are like doing all these moves you train all week to, to nail these moves, the assistant coaches, all the people that come in? into this thing we plan a move and you do it exactly how it's supposed to be you hit inside shoulders and a little fucker just runs over gets tapped on the chest falls over and it's a fucking no try it does my head in clearly William because you've been yelling about it for quite some time <laughs> good you're very worked up let's just quickly go into para they're gone how do you think their season went and are you expecting para to learn from the mistakes this year and go better next year or is their premiership window, as they call it, closing? Mm. No, I don't think it's closed. As long as they have Moses there, you've got the young kid Marnie, you've got Gutho. They've got about three three years, I reckon. Yeah. And then it's going to close. You've got some really good young forwards there. You've got Paula there, RCG there, Nathan Brown, your back rolls lane. They've got some, you know, they've got some really good wingers coming up. I think Fergie's off contract. I don't think they're going to renew his. You know, that Penasini, he's been had a really good year. Wanga Blake's had a, had a gun year at the back end. But that middle bit, they fell away from, yeah. that's where they have to get back to because they started the year off brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, it's top four, top four. Then they had a bit of a slump, but they got themselves out of it. So that's mm. where they should be focusing. They came home well. They got out of it and they pretty much nearly should be in a prelim. I'm not yep. saying they should be. I just think it should be eight all and they should have went for mm. golden. They should have had the opportunity to go for golden point. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And it just shits me because people are in control of that and they fucked up. Yeah. They're not held accountable. Yeah, for me, Parramatta, I think they showed a lot of... Uh, their future, especially with Dylan Brown. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah. The way he ran the ball, Mitch Moses stood up. The forwards were outstanding. Something that concerns me about Para is they don't have genuine speed. They don't have mm. a genuine speedster in their side, like a like an Addo car or a Saab or something like that. And it's and it's takes the shine off the side. They Gutho, he's got all the abilities in the world. He's a competitor. His work ethic's hard. He just lacks that little bit He ticks all the of, tangibles, the positive. He's just not as quick as Pappenhausen. As, That's it. 
Yeah, exactly. That's all exactly. he's lacking. And I think that's all they're lacking as a side is that one little that one player that with genuine speed. I think they'll be on the market there. If you've got yeah. Fergie if you've got Fergie off contract, they're not re upping him. You know what I mean? You've got to look for some pace and a decent winger. A good mm. winger. Like Fergie's been regardless if you if you try and say Fergie's had a down year, all that sort of shit, he did he pretty much has. But like he came back, he fought, he got his position back, fixed up a few little things defensively, end up finishing the year for I think it'd be a good buy for a club. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like he who's played, coming he up. played well. He, he he finished the year well. So yeah. they really miss me. But uh, yeah, but try and try and get a kid who's got genuine, genuine speech. Try and find that kid, but exactly. that's the difference. Yeah. Because most of these big kids are scared as hell. Mm. I mean, big, not big, but fast kids. You know, like it's just it's hard to find. It's yeah. hard to find an auto car, man. Yeah. All right. Well, Friday night sees the Rabbitohs playing the Seagulls. Uh, we're going to give the Rabbitohs to Rennie. What with him being local future junior and lo- lo- future first, future grade first, coach. Grade, yeah, definitely yeah. future yeah. first. Three grade years, coach. I reckon. Three oh, years, thanks. two. He's going to coach Harold Matz for three years and go straight to the fucking <laughs> – he's coming for Demetrio. <laughs> I'm going to be a consultant. To, consultant. To, yeah, cons- Demetrio, you're, you're, going to consult, <laughs> you're going to consult Demetrio and I'll consult Wayne. And you'll be in the bunker as well. You're going to be busy, yeah, right? I'm going to be so busy. We've just got your job I'm, in the got a, I'm a ref's That's coach. Yeah. Um, you're everything. Yeah. Bunker coach. I'll you, coach the bunker how to read the fucking game properly. <laughs> you're off the like, bunker. Though, I right? hate him, mate. I always have. Yeah, not been Remember General was in the bunker? bunker? He used to cry because he used to hammer the <laughs> fuck out of him on our group chats. <laughs> he quit the bunker. <laughs> Who'd want to be in the bunker? Big Ogre was just fucking slamming him every single week. A <laughs> fucking bunker. If anyone knows Big Ogre, you know what he's like. Marco Mealy, yeah, he used to torture him. And he quit the bunker. <laughs> See, no one wants to do the job. No, except no for one. Ren. No one. Vote one, Ren. So why are the Rabbitohs going to win? Oh, look, I don't. I mean, look, it's their fourth in a row, prelim. Um, obviously, they've had plenty of experience and losing in this game. And let's say the the core of their players have, were around for those last three. Uh, obviously, it's Wayne Bennett's last um, last year, yeah, as the South coach. Look, I don't I don't know how where they're going to need to concentrate on beating Manly, but again, against Penrith, the, the the biggest thing for me with South, what they were lacking throughout the year was their intensity for eighty minutes. And uh, their completion rate, big Willie going for a piece. And their completion rate, they had far too many errors within their ga- uh, in their game. They turned the ball over in, in key moments in the game far too often throughout the season. And they seemed to put it all together against the Panthers. Their rotation of their bench, the bench need to, they really need to be aware that they need to keep the intensity up to be able to compete with either Melbourne or Penrith. Um, and obviously to get through through Manly, get through Manly first. So. It's the not 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 much needs to change from uh, from the Pen, the Penrith game. It's just whether or not that was just a one off, and and they're going to go back to a few of their old ways because they're a de- they're an outstanding sixty minute team, and then they put it all together against Penrith. So yeah, and I mean if I if I had a criticism of South or or a reason why I thought South wouldn't go on with it this year, it was because their forward pack I felt when not that they didn't match it with the top sides but when the going got tough they just didn't have that sort of that steel in the middle that really got them through those tough games what they showed against Penrith is that it's there yes so absolutely and it was with their interchange last week it was uh or the week before it was Joy Arrow had the best game he's had in a Rabbitohs jersey you know Jacob Host went to another level um, giving Cameron Murray and Jaden Sewer those that little ten minute break before half time, so Benji came on and did and played a, an outstanding role. 
So it's just matching that intensity for longer periods and just really concentrating on your, your completion, completion rates. Um, when Tommy Burgess carries the ball sometimes, my, you know, my heart's in my stomach. Which, you know, I just don't know if he's going to drop the ball. So, again, they don't have to change too much of what they, they did against Penrith. But, you know, to be able to play at that level of that standard of rugby league for long periods of time, we'll have to see this week. All right, William. Well, I've got Manly. I'm going to give you Manly. Yeah, There's two you. teams. I've given Ren South. So I get Manly? You can have Manly. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Manly, why can they win? They've got Tom Trebojevic. That's it. And DCE. That is it. And DCE. And I mean, I'm not, like, there's no secret. You nullify though, both those guys and you win if you're, if you're, if you're South. You know what I mean, but it's a difference in if can you can you defend like Melbourne? Can you consistently defend for eighty minutes and put him off the game, put DC off their game? I don't think South can do it. I honestly don't. Um, even though I back the Rabbits, you know, so I have to just sit here for the fucking sake of this argument. But um, but I think DCE and Tom have to play their best game ever. Like LOA, all these uh, um, these young props, they need to play some outstanding football. Josh Schuster. Like 10 hit-ups is not enough. In 10 nah. touches is not enough. Yeah. As, as a left-back row, I said last week, he needs to get the ball and do some tough shit. Because when they go these long shifts, it's not working in prelims. It's not working in semifinals. You get done by good defenders. You need a, you need a plan B. You know what I mean? You can't do the no-look passes. You can't do all the fancy shit because it's hard-nosed football. You've got to fucking get in the middle somewhere. You've got to take one off the ruck, get, get, get your other big boys like involved, like to power and stuff like that. He needs to get in a little bit first receiver. If it comes over his side of the ball, he needs to get in first receiver. Cherry can't do everything, and Kieran Foran, mm. he's a big body with good footwork, and the kid can play, but he's not that prototypical back row, left back row. He hits those holes real hard, wants that contact offload through. He loves the ball playing. You don't do that shit in prelims or no. grand finals if they do get there. So that and that's the left edge where that's the fucking blue blue ribbon spot. Mm. That's where you score your tries. If you look at South, if you look at Melbourne, that's where they score all their tries down the other side's right edge. Mm. And I don't think South would be that scared. They want it. The, I want the ball to go there. Like Tom needs to do like exactly what he did last week against the Roosters. He just needs to get involved anywhere on the field. One off the ruck, two off the ruck. Out of yardage, everything. He needs to do that. Near the line, show up out of nowhere. Like just, just be big Tom, you know what I mean? He needs to play like a machine. He needs to do all that shit. They need to play the perfect game to beat the Raps because the Raps have got a gun team. Well, I love Twitter, as you know. It's my favourite thing. And I learnt last week, or the week before, I learnt that Tom Trebojevic can't play football. He's a flat-track bully. Mm. So thanks, Twitter. But unless he, sorry, unless he has it like a, a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 game, they're going to get beat. Only for, sake of, only, for the sake of the, only for the sake of the argument, I'm trying to say why Manly can win. They probably can't win, to be honest. Excellent. That was not how it was supposed to go. Well, you were supposed I'm just to be being very honest. positive. I am positive, I like but what honesty. the fuck? Yeah. I just don't think Manly have the team to beat South. If South are on, this would be the biggest disappointment in South for the last four years. They got to the prelim three years in a row, right? This would be their worst one if they don't get this year because yeah. this is in the tent. They've been, they've come up against Penrith, they've come up against Melbourne the other couple of years, and the Roosters. Yeah, mm. this is. Manly. This is their chance. This yeah. is their chance. So I just think I'm, I'm going for South. All right. Well, do you know what? I'm going to give you the storm this time because they're favourites. But I'm going to start with Rennie. Why can the Panthers mm. beat the storm? No. Who knows? Can't. That's a million dollar question for everyone in the competition. They just. It's not as bad as how Melbourne can beat South. <laughs> <laughs> Probably got more of a chance Panthers beating Storm. Uh, look, they do have the best defensive 
team in the competition. Nothing changes there. I thought um, just watch their structure of their defense against Parramatta. They're just all on. They're all in sync. They're all on board. Melbourne do throw a lot of trick plays uh, in games. So defensively, I, I think they're sound. But the worrying thing for me with Penrith is where are they going to score points? Um, they do play that power game and they'll try and march you down the field and then get you down the other. Obviously, when they get into an attacking zone, they put their plays on and, and put teams away. But Melbourne defend just as well. Um, I'd like to see Penrith move the ball around a little bit, little bit more. Uh, they're very one-dimensional, very boring at the moment. Just move the ruck and make Melbourne work. Um, even in transition, you know, coming out of their backfield, I'd like them to see a few passes on the end of Instead of just trying to play that power game, kick long, try and force the area with the storm. To beat Melbourne, they need some sort of trick play. They need to move the, round, the, the Melbourne around. They need to really tire out their their uh, middle third of the field. Um Obviously, off the back of, you know, a good kicking game from Cleary. So, it's not really much of a case I've given you to why they can win. But it's better than him with Manly. <laughs> I'm to too honest, fair. mate. I can't lie. All right. Well, don't lie about Storm. Why are they going to No, I'm not, I'm not lying about Melbourne. I think I had a walk with the producer today and he's like, why does everyone like try and figure out a way to, you know, to, to always go, oh, this is the way you beat Melbourne. You know what I mean, easier said than done because like, think of the ways that Melbourne fuck other teams up. They just are nowhere, teams are nowhere near when Melbourne are always on. Do you mm. know what I mean? When Melbourne's on, what do you see? Like you see, you see that the, the defense mainly, well, you can see from their first set of six how they hit. There's three, there's three people and they drive you back, they finish the tackle off, they do everything. And then, you, and then in attack, you see numbers pushing around the ball. Um, you just see everything moving together. You know, I think Melbourne, Melbourne's like pretty much untouchable because I don't think they fear Penrith. I think anyone below Melbourne, anyone below Penrith on the thing, I think they fear Penrith because Penrith's been that, you know, juggernaut all year. They really have, you know, like they've won, you know, I think they won out of 30 games, I think they've won like 28 or 20. Mm. It's ridiculous. So that yeah. sort of fear, it puts a fear factor into, into a lot of teams. Melbourne don't have that. Mm. Melbourne are the best like, It's like Penrith are the poor man's Melbourne They pretty much try to copy off them defensively Everyone's just taken the blueprint from Melbourne But I think as you said Penrith look awful in, in attack Sort of come into it when, 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 when Jerome Luai was coming in And he's trying to, t- trying to do some things But the reason why is because Nathan Cleary is injured And he's not going, he's not going to the line like he was Before Origin mm. He's not going deep into the line So when, if he goes one or two steps and he passes the ball to Luai What do the middles do? They drift off and they go straight mm. to Luai but when he was going straight, when he was going digging right into the middle of the line, like taking the C defender towards him and, and, and drawing in A and B, he was like he was getting the defenders to come to him. Or even when he was going across field, he would square up because he's fucking. He's worried that if he gets his shoulder cracked in that position from a, a middle a middleman, he's mm. done for the year. Penrith's yeah. done for the year, so I understand that. So every time they're taking, and you don't think like me. Um, the Storm will be hounding him from the inside, wanting him to go near the line. The inside pressure from the Melbourne Storm, Welsh, Brandon Smith, Bromwich, all these big guys, they move and they move with the ball so good. They put inside pressure on better than anybody. Mm. Their defensive system is better than anyone. And they'll put pressure on Cleary to try and make Cleary pass the ball so they can move over to Luai because that left edge is their most dangerous. Mm. And you nullify that, you're going to stop. You're gonna, Bromwich and that, they're going to do a job on Fisher, Harrison, Leota. And then, and then you look at the bench that Melbourne throws at you. Yeah. You bring Bromwich off. You bring Big Nelson on. Yeah. Come and Kamitha on for Welsh. You don't lose shit. Brandon Smith might come off. Harry Grant. Harry, Harry Grant. Grant. 
Fanuka might go off. Brandon Smith goes back to lock. Mm. Harry Grant goes tonight. That's what they're doing. You you, you lose Munster. He goes off. Just say if he gets injured, hope hope to God he doesn't. You put Nico Hines there. Pap gets injured or HIA, you put Nico Hines there. There's so many things that, like, they just cover everything. And if you think about preparation, who is their coach? Craig Bellamy. No one's going to fucking touch him when it comes to preparation on that other team. He's going to have everything sorted out. All you can worry, all you can focus on if you're you're the Panthers, fuck, I hope they're off. I hope they're off today and we play way better. That's it. That was actually, I would say that positive thing about Melbourne was much better than your positive thing about Manly. I had more to work with. I'm, I'm convinced now. I had more to work with than the fucking Trebojevic and fucking DCE. I'll tell you, from my perspective looking at Penrith, and this is obviously an outsider's perspective, but I look at Penrith and when they were winning before the origin and they were – people were starting to call them arrogant, but they were having fun. They were enjoying mm. themselves and they've lost that lately. I think the pressure's got to them a little bit and I think unless they can find that fun again – But I'm telling you, have a look at Cleary. Cleary's not digging into the line like he used to. I watched the game so close. He's so – I'm not sure. Of course you'd be scared. He just – he was, what, five weeks off injured? And that's – the movement is that. Like I think, you, what do you think happens when you pass the ball yeah. into the line? You get jammed from the side. I think, yeah. A big thing they've been missing the last few weeks, I've noticed, is that link between Isaiah Yo, Cleary, Luai. Mm. He's always played that middle part of the field, skips over to a few defenders, cr- gives the ball to Cleary. It's created space on the edge. Yeah. He's done the same thing for Luai on the left edge. Um Isaiah just seems to just take a few hit-ups last week. I don't know if Cleary was, you know, letting him know that he was there, but that's a huge, huge link for their attack. Is 100%. Between the 6, the 13, I just and the 7. It's, it's coming from Cleary not wanting to go deep into the line and cop that hit. He's not doing it, mate. Because you understand that. If he, I think in the, if they get to the grand final or anything like that, well, I think this is the grand final that he needs to step up and just yeah. go fucking deep into the line because the kid's the best 7 in the game. Yeah. And, and it all comes, all the movement and the space that he opens up out wide is what he creates in the middle. Yeah. For, for, for Melbourne to shut Penrith down at the moment, the way they played the last two, two weeks, shut down Isaiah Yo. Don't mm. give him an opportunity to put Luai and Cleary in space or to play on the front foot with momentum to create space on the edges. For Melbourne, with Penrith only looking like they're going to score a try off kicks, is just kick pressure. Mm. You know, I, you know. And they got two. They got one of the best, Brandon Smith. Kick one pressure of the best. and just put pressure, Cleary under that much pressure, and it takes away um, a massive element of their attacking. Because have a look. I reckon they're the best. Melbourne and Penrith are the best kick chasers in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. They are relentless for eighty minutes, and there's ten to, minimum ten people right in front of you all the time. Mm. I feel sorry for fullbacks right now. Mm. And they'll, be, they'll be coming at Papenhuis. They'll be coming at you know like the Fox and all that kind of stuff. I just think, yeah, I think Melbourne just have have them covered. In, in every aspect, especially mentally. Mentally, yeah. Mentally, they don't break. You know you're going to – if Melbourne, if Penrith are a show, they have to be just down for like 80 minutes nonstop, you know what I mean? Like just balls out. Just It's going to be one of their – it'll be harder than the grand final last year. It's going to be one of the hardest games I've ever played to get mm. in this grand final. Do you know who we've got covered? No. The listeners. Mm-hmm. And what we have got is we have got prizes galore. We've got Strive by GI, the greatest – T-shirts by the greatest player ever. We've got Mm -hmm. burgers. We've got beers. We've got everything. So last week's winners, we had Aaron Wolf, we had Will Bates, and we had Jake Gillies. They won last week. This week, we've got brand new winners that we're going to announce on our social media pages because (laughs) 
That's how we roll. We <laughs> like to keep the suspense up. So congratulations oh, to Aaron, me. Will and Jake. We know who's won them, but we're not going to announce it yet because we just want to build suspense. Yeah, that's so building, mate. The only way you can win is to comment on social media stuff. So get on Instagram, get on Facebook, get on Twitter. Comment. Tell us you love us. <laughs> Tell us how much better the show is with Randy on it. Tell us how much you love Will hating the bunker. Yeah. Tell everyone. Give rate, it to review, us. subscribe. We're going to do a grand final. There's so many things happening. Yeah. I literally cannot hear what the producer's saying, but last week for the junior clubs to get in. Get in. We've turned the music do down. Some videos, I can't. Do some videos. Get creative, guys. We want to see it. We want to give some good prizes out. We've got good prizes. We're going to give them out. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. <laughs>